What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch. I'm your host, and today's guest is the fast-talking Stubrower. He's been on the show before, and he is definitely a unique guest. Stu has opinions, and he feels strongly about them, and he speaks loudly about them. If you don't like foul language, you might not want to tune into this one. If you understand that they're just four-letter words, though, give it a listen. Stu is a master of leveraging organic content to get eyeballs, attention, and you know, quasi-celebrity status on his businesses. He started a company called Urban Movement that he rebranded from a CrossFit affiliate, took all of the risks necessary to take the flag down that people came in for and hang a new one. And now he's hosting an event to teach other people how to do it. He didn't ask me to plug the event in the intro, but I'm going to do it because you should go if you're interested in starting your own brand that you can make whatever you want it to be and stand on your own. His event is called the Self-Made Summit. It's going to be hosted in Charlotte, North Carolina at Urban Movement on October 29th and October 20th of this year. If you're interested, hit up Stu. I'll see if we can get a link into the show notes. That being said, if you're interested in starting your own personal brand, this episode is an absolute must listen. Not going to keep you any longer. Let's get you right to it. Stu Brower, welcome back to the Active Life Podcast, my friend. What is up, buddy? Long time Uh, no see. I know. Last Last time we saw each other, I was staying at what you call... We call the Rape Motel. The Rapey, the Rapey Inn Motel. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, Yeah. Sheila, if if you're listening to this, Sheila, my assistant, um, that was a case study in hotels not to book me in. (laughs) (laughs) If you needed to score some type of white powder and you wanted to get a a 40 of Ice House at two in the morning, you were in the right spot to do it. Oh, I I was in the capital of that. Yeah, you would account. Yeah, literally. Um, That's but yeah, next time we'll know we'll get we'll get you into a proper Marriott or a nice Airbnb. Yeah, perfect. Well, I won't come down during the middle of like everything else going on in Charlotte at the same time again. Yeah, no, that that was that was a that was a lackluster uh, scheduling effort on our parts um, yeah. for the PT first. Hey, fuck it, it was great, good showing though. Yeah, great showing. We had we had um one of the gym owners, well, a few of the gym owners from that 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 event. I've stayed in contact with one of whom has put some of the stuff we talked about in place, and his gym is up like a run rate of I want to say about ten thousand dollars a month since. That's, I mean, it's, it's not hard. It's, here's the thing is there, it's simple, not easy. Yeah. Simple, not easy. That's all. PT first is simple. It's not easy though. It takes work. You got to do it right, but it is simple. Yeah, it is. It's, it just takes some balls. Yep. So what I want to talk to you about today is more along the sides of personal and, and professional branding, because I think Mm -hmm. that what's happening a lot is People struggle to build a business for themselves because they're trying to build someone else's business and tweak it instead of building their business and maximizing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. We're talking about, are we talking about a coach inside of a a micro gym or the micro gym owner right now? The answer is yes. Yes. I mean, restaurant owners, I'm I'm not working with restaurants, but but it's the idea of like, this is how it's done in a restaurant. So I'm going to do it like this. You're operating off of a a preset, unofficial template paradigm, you know, uh, MO that has been currently set and just kind of quo. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So, So what do you say 
to somebody who is like, well, I I opened a CrossFit gym, so we do twenty one fifteen nine. We have a rig, we have big barbells, and we do all this other stuff. Um, or I Don't opened a restaurant. Cliff banners. Don't forget the Kill Cliff banner in the corner. Right, the banner representing somebody part else's of, brand. Part, it's part of the CrossFit kits. The CrossFit yeah. affiliate kit comes with the Kill Cliff. <laughs> Does it still come with the Kill Cliff banner, or is it is it Fit Aid now? It might be Fit Aid. I don't fucking know, but it comes with that, and it comes with the orange Home Depot bucket for chalk. It definitely comes with that. Yes. Look, guilty. Hands up, guilty. Yeah. I had both. <laughs> I had a- guys at least spend an extra three bucks and get the corrugated metal ones, you cheap fucks. All right. You, you know, it's funny. I when I was when I owned my gym, Progenics was like they sent me a banner, and I said yeah. I'm not hanging this, and mm. they said why not? I said because you don't have my business card in your pocket. I'm not going to put your business card in front of my clients. However, if you make me a banner that says Progenics and my logo on it, I'll hang it in my gym. And they did that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't think – I mean I I hung the shit up too in the early days because I was in a warehouse with 35-foot tall ceilings and just dog – it just wasn't visually appealing. Anything covering up my uninsulated – metal tin warehouse walls was going to be an improvement at the time. But then I looked around, I'm like, I feel like I'm, cause I'm in Charlotte, the home of NASCAR. I'm like, I feel like I'm watching it, looking at a car on the track, like just fucking logos everywhere with no rhyme or reason. I was like, I, this makes me just want to bomb. So we got rid of it. <laughs> so, okay. You, you opened a CrossFit gym. Was it CrossFit South End? Correct. Okay. And that was what year? The affiliation was 2011, but we had opened the brick and mortar, uh, 2010. Okay. And I know, I know more about your background than probably most people. The the, the brief rundown is Stu comes from a commercial gym environment, you know, sales, hitting your quotas, canvassing, prospecting, all that kind of stuff and opens up his CrossFit gym. Everything is supposed to be totally different. And then essentially there's a realization that, yeah, the culture is different, but the metrics are not really all that different in terms of the necessity of them. Right. Yeah. And it just, again, we just, we were just CrossFit South End, like everybody else. And I just, I'm, I'm the guy that zigs what everyone zags and the rebranding with urban movement and the buying the building and changing the location, the concept and firing people and getting rid of the clients and completely purging and becoming this new thing. Um, that that's kind of where we are today. And then along the lines in 2015, I started creating video content when the gym no longer needed me. And, uh, that's where what the fuck gym talk has been the full-time job since 2015. Well, so let's go back to when you you know, close the gym, open the gym, purge the membership, purge the staff. How, like, I mean, you must have been waking up in the middle of the night like, God, I fucking hate this place to be able to do that because I imagine that gym was doing fine. It was, it was a fucking cash goddamn cow. I mean, like, and so again, like you guys, you know, get an SBA loan, you're going to do a 10% down payment, but 10% on a million point three is what I ended up paying with build out and everything in there. You got to have some money saved up kids. You're talking so about I, on the, on the, on the, on the new place, urban movement. Yeah. The new, the building that we bought, you know, we, we had money, you know, did really well, saved money. I was smart with it. Um, it was doing really well, but it just, I, my core values, my core focus shifted and I, I was able to ride again, guys, I'm CrossFit since 06, 05. So like I saw the trend and all that. And I just, I saw the market going a little bit different direction. And me personally, my training philosophy went to a different, I, the kind of client I liked, I hated fucking Sally who came in with her three pairs of knee sleeves and wanted to talk to me about her placement in the open and how she's gamifying the workout. I just, that became a headache to me. So I changed my business model and I, in, in lieu, you have to change the customer and you have to lose customers um, as well in the process and, and employees. You so, have a shirt that says, I love Sally. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I literally do. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm joking because you just said you hated dealing with Sally who came in with those. Problems. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I love to say I love I, I yeah, I just I needed a good branding and nobody I had made a bet with a buddy that said there's no way you would sell these I love Sally shirts to gym owners. And I said, fuck you. The next day I had a Shopify store open and we sold 24 the first day. Not bad. So, yeah. OK. So, and was that after Bring Sally Up, by the way, or is that before that? Oh, this is after Bring Sally, Bring Sally Up, the song, the Moby song. Okay, because that would be pretty cool if you did it first, and then Moby stole it from you. Yeah, that would be dope. Yeah. I would sue him. I guess um, he didn't, though. <laughs> so you you shut down the gym. You go to open up. For people who haven't been there, Stu's Place, Urban Movement is not a – it's a gym, but it's not – what you would picture for a, a traditional CrossFit gym or any really boutique gym. There's you walk inside, there's a standalone coffee shop inside of the facility. There is a communal workspace where you can can you buy a membership to that? No, it's all it's hundred percent free, just like a Starbucks would be, just less douchey than a Starbucks. Okay, so you can go in and do your work in this communal workspace. There's a spin studio where you can buy a membership to the spin studio that's attached to the gym in the same main entrance. And then behind all of that is where what you would consider the high-intensity interval training facility is. Yep. And that is set up in such a very specific way that it is meant to scream something, but not CrossFit. Correct. Yeah. The, the goal was, and even with the equipment reselection and the way the workouts flow and the glass uh, and the lounge, so you could see out and it was all designed so people could look in and see something and, and have the question of, oh, what is that? Versus, oh, I know what that is and I don't like it, which is what I got with CrossFit. And, and wasn't, let me rephrase that, back that up a few words. Was there any trepidation that you're like, are people like, I have members now who like CrossFit and I'm yeah. going to switch to this. Like, how did you break that to them? Because I'm the I'm a great avatar client. I really am. I don't want to compete. Like I literally like I just want to work out. I don't care what you call it. I don't care what it is. There's certain elements. I I want to vertically press dumbbells and barbells. I want to do pull ups. I want to burpee and ride on my, you know on ergs and stuff like that. And and I want to do it in a group setting that's fun and not boring. But I don't care to practice my position two of the snatch. I don't care about a double under. I don't care about the the sports side stuff. So I'm a great avatar of this. And I started using myself as like, did I find this more fun? And my clients, just like myself, I like constantly varied functional movements. We do like Orange Theory and CrossFit and Barry's Bootcamp. We all do constantly varied functional movements. I just got picky as to which movements we do. And I stopped aligning with the bigger brand. I came up with my own. So that that's essentially it though. It's pretty, pretty simple. But so- was there a day when you told your members like, you know, we're not going to do this anymore. Like no more snatching. There's certain things that are a bandaid rip and there's certain things that are coffee drip. This was a coffee drip. So it started in 2014 getting rid of RX weights and then getting rid of, um, you know, the, the scoreboard, writing people's names up and creating more of a dose response type workout. We want this workout today to be nine reps unbroken. How heavy should that be? Well, we're going to warm up and we're going to do three sets to build up to a set where nine feels challenging, but doable. And if at any point you have to break up your set of nine, it's too heavy. Like we started playing with more dose response that came in the parallel of my CCP coaching with OPEX. Um, how, many, I, how many, how many members did you leave who were like, no, 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 I'm here for the whiteboard, bro. I, when we did the full purge, like overnight and by overnight, I'm exaggerating, but probably over the course of like two, three, four days, we probably lost 15 or more. But probably the entire purge all in, honestly, was a drop in the bucket. It might have been 25, 35 people, not a ton. 
Um, nothing that you can't make up in the course of a couple months. Like, like it was more emotionally of it. Like, cause again, they were just OGs. Their lifetime client value was phenomenal. Right. And you lose, so you end up losing the people who identified with what you were joined for what you were and 25, 35, it's gotta be like 10 to 15%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we had over 220 some members at the time, maybe up in that 250 range in 2015, 16. We started making these slow drips. It wasn't we didn't really lose anyone yet. When we lost someone, stop doing the open, stop calling yourself CrossFit South End, change the building, go in there and you, you know, and then they, and again, uh, it's not, this is kind of the double-edged sword of being, a, having a personal brand and the gym. My members watch the shit. Like they watch what the fuck gym talk. I get like, they tease me and shit all the time. And like, they'll, Hey, I saw your video. I really liked it. Or, Hey, like what the fuck? Like, so that also compounded it a lot, I'm sure for some of them, but also, but ultimately, man, I just knew I couldn't have the chicken fleo shorts snatching and dropping her barbell from overhead in, when there's a lounge where people are sitting there having meetings, taking, studying their notes or doing whatever. So like drop, we don't drop the barbells from overhead. We got rid of regular barbells. We went to the shorty bars. Uh, we got rid of the pull-up rig. Like I just slowly systematically made these changes and then the drip of people leaving. But there's some people like, I didn't even notice the rig left. It's like, really? It's 64 feet. How did you not realize it left? They're like, I don't know. I just don't care. That's my fucking client. I don't want the people that stick around for two hours after the gym. I want people that are fucking busy. They got shit to do. This is one hour of their day because the other hours, they're moms and entrepreneurs and CEOs, or they're just workers and they're students. And But the workout is just a thing of their life. It isn't their fucking life. That's what I wanted to get rid of was the Kool-Aid drinker. And so how did, did it best fit. So you did that in-house. How did you communicate that to the general public? Oh, welcome back to my, welcome to my life right now, brother. I'm literally, I'm doing a vlog project right now called the 4am branding. I work with a local guy on branding. We've got a guy I'm doing uh, out of Australia right now, Metcon creative. Um, and we are, uh, cause for urban movement, my plan is to franchise this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I have to be so 360 degrees solid and bulletproof on brand wise that I need people smarter than me. So I've engaged these two other entities to help work on that. But that's the thing. Like, so I don't know. Um, I'll, I got to send it to you, man. I'd love your feedback on it. We just released our two new uh, promo videos for uh, quarter three here in 2019. And it's fucking, I, I think we fucking killed it. I feel like I direct, I didn't shoot and edit this. Like I do all my other stuff. I just directed this one. I did not shoot and edit. I hired a content creation firm for it. And the video is, it, it looks, I think, I think it's a hundred percent urban movement. It's, it's, I can't, it makes you feel like a badass without being a badass, without, you know, that kind of thing. I think that I would love to see it. I think the fear that most people have in changing the banner, if you will, or even just changing the way they do things is that, well, that's kind of my marketing, right? Like if someone's looking for this, they're going to find me. They drive by, they see the sign, it says this, they know what that is. They're going to come in, they're going to join. How do you overcome that? Like how how do they actually get the next member? Because I can see the next move. I know that there's white space between CrossFit and Orange Theory. And I saw that back in 2015. And I saw when Iron Tribe hit the scene and I saw what they tried to do with it, but they didn't do it right. They kept, It looked too much like CrossFit. There is nothing different about an Iron Tribe except the name. Everything else is exact. They even use the word WAD. I've never like, heard of Iron I, Tribe. I don't know what they are. Iron Tribe is based out of Alabama and it's just a small box model of it. It's a deregulated, it's a, a de-affiliated CrossFit gym. It's everything is the same, Sean, except for the name. So I saw this in 2000, and I have people ask me this all the time. That's why I'm doing the Self-Made Summit, October 19th and 20th, kids, up here in Charlotte. Come check out the gym and uh, meet with some guys that did this. If it's not sold out before this evening gets out. 
It, 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 listen, here's the thing that I'm going to do something really cool. Someone had, if it's so once it's sold out, they have to send me a video pitch as to why they should be able to go. And I, if I can make it public and I'll give them the, and I'll be like, sure, here, you can buy the ticket, but they got to send me a video pitch as to why they're able to go. I think that'd be kind of cool. That's really um, cool. Yeah. But anyway, so anyway, what we're going to, you know, what I, I, I just, I had the vision and I have other gyms like, yeah, this thing I'm thinking of rebranding. And I'm like, the only reason you're thinking of rebranding is because you're not doing well as a CrossFit gym. And you think a rebranding is going to save you. Let me tell you, fuckface, how much money I've eaten by rebranding. It is not, it is one step backwards to go two steps forward, but it is not instantaneous. I, people have asked me, how long do you think to your new brand really catches like five years? <laughs> I'm like, and they're like, oh my God, what are you going to do? I'm like, it's only five years. Did you not hear me? I said, it's only five years. I'm almost three in. And it doesn't mean you don't make any money. It just means that people still like walk in and they're like, mm, is that a brewery? What is that? You know, like they don't know what urban movement is yet. That's okay. It's just education. I showed up with as CrossFit Southhead in 2011 and I really didn't hit pay dirt till 2013. Yeah. But I had the global brand of CrossFit to just fucking funnel. And, um, yeah, I, I, remember, I remember when we opened our first gym, people were like, what's Crossfire? Like, I have no idea. I think it's a game that kids used to play. It's that, it's that game, yeah, the Mattel game, yeah. Yeah. But so, okay, so so I think that what you're describing in terms of a rebrand is very much like when, when you talk to someone, you're like, look, your friends, they're not good for you. You know, you're, you're, sure. the friends who you're around right now, they're losers. And they're part of the reason why you're not being – well, you're not getting yourself on the track to go forward. But I think that the concern is, well, where am I going to make new friends? And in the sure. business world, those friends are members. So someone, let's say someone out there is listening right now and they're like, they're an urban movement in 2024, but they don't even know it yet. How are they going to have the confidence to open up the brand? How are they going to get friends, customers to come yeah. in the door? So one of the big things when you're doing a rebranding, you have to redesign your avatar client. Our avatar client on the female side, let's call her, we're going to call her Kristen. She is 28 years old. She has been previously involved in some form of high intensity boutique fitness. She is what we call the avatar of Evolve My Fitness. There's two kinds of avatars, starter, I need to start fitness and I need to evolve. She comes out of the Evolve Fitness. She is currently either in a semi, she's been in a relationship for one to two years. She's either in that engagement route or she is married with a small family and she lives within four miles of my facility. She makes a median income of about $75,000 per year and blah, 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 so on and so forth. So we paint this picture of her, not only the demographics, like I mentioned, like the, the income and the four miles, but like, what is she into? Like, she is the kind of girl who is not interested in perfecting a movement. She's the kind of girl that wants to come in and work out. And if she makes a friend or two there, great, but she's not going there to make friends. She's going there for just to be fitness, to be part of her lifestyle, right? She's going there to justify the Lululemon uh, $400 a month expenditure that she has. You know, that's so like, that, you might as well yeah, open a Lululemon. Forget about the gym. Yeah. That's a, that's a higher income. 400 bucks. I can go there and if I buy two pairs of pants and like three shirts, I'm not walking out of there for under like 320. Dude, I, I remember going to Lululemon one time with my wife. They were like, hey, um, take any shirt, any, any apparel item that you want. And any apparel item that she wants, you can have them for free. I had done some stuff with them. And then yeah, like yeah. and then and then you get like twenty, I think it was twenty percent at the time for an yeah. R and D discount. And we spent yep. seven hundred dollars. Easily. Like, how the fuck did we do that? You probably still have the clothes though, because they're really well made. I think they're actually ready to go on Poshmark right now. Nice. Very cool. There yeah. you go. Hey, listen, hey, they gotta respect the hustle. Um 
but yeah, no, you, so you designed the new avatar. So like I, one of the other avatar for everyone listening, you guys probably have a lot of clients that are athlete first, meaning they identify as an athlete first. When they wake up in the morning, they check the workout and they, they pick their clothes and they plan their foods accordingly to their daily workout. I chase after athlete second, third, fourth, and fifth, meaning, um, yeah, they want to work out, but if their buddies invite them out for tacos and beers after work, I might lose and they might go there anyway, but it's okay. I got them on the subscription model. That's okay. Like my, my avatar client at urban movement is much different than I think what a lot of the CrossFit gym people are, are chasing. CrossFit gym owners, they want a client that cares a lot and that's fine. I don't. And that's fine too. So, um, it's the difference. Okay, listen, if you're a gym owner or a coach and you want to help people the way that we help people at Active Life, we want to talk. Head to ActiveLifeProfessional.com. ActiveLifeProfessional.com. We're helping hundreds of coaches from around the world get better results for their clients, helping them help people get out of pain without going to the doctor or missing the gym. And the gyms who are adopting the strategies that we're teaching their coaches are finding that their members are happier, they're retaining longer, and they're happy to pay more money. That's a win for everybody. If you're a coach or a gym owner and you're interested in finding out more about the Active Life Professional Path, head to activelifeprofessional.com. How do your gym members um, reconcile your, what's the word, you're out there talking yeah. about making money, make money, make money, make money, and now you're supposed to be in the gym, like it's not about the money, it's about you having the enjoyment here. I think that's a problem that is faced by all kinds of fitness professionals. It's like, no, it's not about the money, it's about you getting what you want. But if I don't get paid, I, I can't give you what you want. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the content I make out there publicly is is not necessarily about me making money, me personally, Stuber Hour. It's always about, it's always, I always set up my Shakespearean, you know, kind of uh, order of my content very much character conflict resolution. And it's always gym owner has this problem. And here's my, you know, very rapid fire swear word laden answer of my recommendation. Right. So when they see that it's more comical for me, like people think it like, it's funny. Like uh, my clients think I like think I'm like a version of like George Carlin or Richard Pryor mixed with like uh, the prophet or fucking Taffer or one of these guys. That's what I think they see me as. Like I just, oh, he still makes these funny fucking videos and he yells at some gym owners, whatever. So I don't really have that conflict of people coming in and be like making money or whatever. But at the same time, they look at the building and then they don't see me pull up in a fucking Tesla. They see me pull up in a 2019 Ford Explorer. But like they don't see me fucking parking my helicopter on top. They do see me and know that I'm in the gym at 3 a.m. in the morning working, editing videos, right? They do see me out on a Sunday or a Saturday. I had to go do one of our um, our networking things recently because we didn't have anybody to work it. So I went and worked it at a local apartment complex and I ran into two members who didn't go to the gym that day because they were out drinking, having a good time. And I saw them at that apartment complex. They're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, ah, just hustling, man. We're just working, just handing out free bagels and stuff. And we're handing out coffees to people with urban movement on them and all this other good shit. And, uh, so I think they have that same respect. I think people understand that, you know, it goes both ways. It's not, if I was, if I was Alex Hermosi and I owned a fucking gym, that would be a different story. Why is that? Those, I think, cause those videos come off a little bit different. Right. If I did the hybrid, if I did the hybrid video 
and I'm walking around my fucking mansion, right? And I like had the video tour kind of thing. I'm like, listen, guys, what the fuck, Jim Talk? I'm going to go ahead and take you from making three figures to fucking 11 figures and blah, blah, blah. Look at my stash. Like if I did that play and no hate towards Alex, I love Alex. He's a good dude. But I'm just saying like if I did that kind of content, I couldn't have a brick and mortar and be there every day because my members would see both. And then there's it, it, those streams can't mix. But I think the kind of content that WTF puts out and then me just being around the gym daily as the owner of Urban Movement, I think they mesh well. I can get behind that. Yeah. So do you still draw an income from the gym? Cause I know you're not in the gym on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. I've taken my income and the sal- the amount of money I would pull from it is go goes into my real, I up charge our rent and I work on paying off this building and it goes into the real estate company, which is gateway investment holdings um, that me and my business partner, Ed Macieski own. Um, and uh, because we, we need that, we need that thing to grow a fat surplus. Cause we're going to buy a second building. Well, we are, I, me and my wife bought a second building this past year for her salon. Um, dope house, dope ass house that she's going to completely convert into a really cool, she's owned the salon for years. We're just relocating it. Like what urban movement did. Um, and then me and Ed are going to go buy another building. We've been looking and scouting. And, uh, so yeah, that's, that's where my current salary goes and that money, it goes into my real estate company. And then I, uh, for a while it was just retained earnings and it went into my checking account and all that. And, uh, but now it's what the fuck gym talk makes, uh, makes enough for me to, to live and, and what we do here. And then I have a retained earnings account for that as well. So what's it like to be married to somebody who's also fairly alpha? I mean, if your wife owns her own salon and yeah. I know, cause you've told me you guys like to compete with each other. That's yeah. like, I mean, it's cool. And at the same time, it's like, whoa, there's everyone here is going. So she cuts my hair and she will work out at Urban when she can. She we also like she has a membership at Orange Theory and other and she has different yoga studios. But like so we, we go to each other's businesses in that regard. But I don't give her business advice. And when she watches content on WTF or whatever she likes, she'll make we don't really interact that way. Like we don't like mix. She'll be like, oh, that video was funny. But she, she's like, listen, I think you're being a little aggressive. I heard you yell at that nice gym owner. Like, it's not like that. We literally just, you're successful doing your thing before I even showed up. I'm not going to fuck with it. So we just kind of let each other go on our paths there. And we don't really interfere too much. But the way my wife runs her business, I would, if she was my client, I would fire her. She just does <laughs> not run a business the way I would want someone that I was working with to run a business. Yet she's uber fucking successful. Like she just went ahead and bought this building on her, like for the most part on her own goddamn dime, like crushed it. And it's, and I'm so proud of her. So why the fuck? Like, just cause you don't do it the way I do it. doesn't mean I need to be talking shit on it. Like, right. so we just stay clear. It's also, as everyone can imagine, it makes for a very happy marriage that way. When, when you guys stay out of each other's business. Yeah. Like that part. Like, I mean, it's great to like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, she's really like, I'm going and speaking at this thing in Ireland. I've got a business trip up to Boston later. Like she's interested and we talk and all this other, like, and she's proud of me and I'm proud of her, but like, we don't mingle in each other's business. Right. I got it. Okay. So let's talk about how somebody can brand themselves. Yeah. Specifically. I want to help people who are listening to this, who are, you know, maybe they're not a business owner. Maybe they are a business owner, but either way, this is a person who wants to get more attention on what they're doing and they're getting stuck in the shadows of whatever they're calling it. Yeah. How do they start? Yeah. So as I mentioned to you earlier, like with what the fuck gym talk, my main thing is working with micro gym owners and, um, 
recently I, that that's kind of shifted to more people coming and looking for, I want to create a personal brand. Some of them are doing it because they built a business that they can now walk away from kind of like what I did. And others are doing it because, you know, they just have always been really into this one thing. They've never really done anything with it. They give advice to their friends about it for free all the time. They're like, but how can I start making content? I see the amount of content you put on WTF. How do I do that? Right. And how do I, and so that's, so I do personal brand development now. The first thing I think is you got to have something to say, number one, and that's great because if you have something to say, you can still put it out in blog, video, and audio format, but the second piece, do I say it in a way that is educational and or entertaining? Because you can have something to say and nobody's ever going to listen because your delivery isn't one or the other, okay? But so if you have something to say, like you really do, and then you have a delivery style, they'll be either, ideally both, educational and entertaining you 100% you are already on your way. Now it's about actually doing it. And I'm not talking about buying a mic and a camera and all that. Like I tell people like, what kind of camera should I buy? I'm like, Oh, um, you should buy the kind that I use for the first 35. What the fuck? Jim talk videos, my fucking phone. Like, stop telling me the reason you haven't created any content is because you don't have a fucking Canon M50 or you don't have the latest road mic or whatever it might be. You are just afraid to put your shit out there. And I'll tell you this right now, those cameras and those mics, they make you sound real good and look real good. You're going to want to practice on a camera that's going to match your experience making content. Everyone listening to this, write that down one more time. You want to start practicing in a format like a raw video on your camera, which we all do and it's very amateur. Anytime you see someone with a video from their camera, it's in your brain, it registers as amateur. The audio is amateur, everything, because you're fucking amateur. It's your first video you're making. It should look really raw and amateur. If my first What the Fuck Gym Talk video had perfect lighting, perfect audio, I would have looked like a fucking schmuck. And one day I will go ahead and publish. I have it sitting here. I had a company. They worked for Raycom Sports, which is a subsidiary of the ACC Sports Network. I'm talking professional camera crew, everything inside of Old CrossFit South End and doing a piece on urban movement. And I had this entire idea how it was going to look. I was so amateur on camera. It looked so produced and so good, and I sounded like shit. Dude, I, it, I, I just recently published my first video that I ever had made, and it was made by a professional videographer with some effects, yeah. with all that kind of stuff, and then I'm like, ugh. Yeah, because you hadn't found your voice then. Like you find like you're like now, Sean, like you have a brand, like people have personal brands. Obviously you were there. Like you have a voice and a presence. People could close their eyes who listen to your shit and they could think of your response. Like, I I don't know if you probably get that a lot. I do like, I Stu, I know what you're going to say. I'm like, can you picture me saying it to you in your head? And they're like, yeah. And I'm I'm just like, good. I just wanted to know (laughs) I'm doing my job. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that you found your voice. In the beginning, when you guys make content for a personal brand or whatever you want to do, you're not going to have your voice yet. It takes you a long time. But don't overthink it. Hit the upload button. But just keep uploading is my biggest recommendation. Have you ever posted just keep uploading? Um, it's actually, that's a quote I got from Casey Neistat. And uh, I think I do. I think it's in one of my, I'm sure it's an Instagram post I made at some point. Just keep uploading. Okay. It's... Uh, so I, if it's okay with you, I want to take a second to kind of break apart what you just said so people understand from at least the way that I understood what you were saying. If you start making videos, you're an amateur when you first start. I'm st- I would still consider myself an amateur despite the fact that I now yeah, have by definition, team. yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, by definition, no one's paying me to create videos. So Correct, yeah. So uh, when you start, if you have a high production value, 
meaning the lighting is right, the cameras are good, the microphones are perfect, but the content that comes out of your mouth, the way that you portray that content comes across as beginner, then the whole video becomes a mismatch. Where if you start off with beginner content on beginner production, it matches. And people forgive you for being short. A thousand percent. You guys know how many fucking videos you watch on Barstool Sports and ESPN and the news that were shot off an iPhone. And like, and it, it doesn't always seem that like every time like a robbery happens, you're still watching that on like a 1980s fucking camera. Like it's, it's things like that. Guys, when you're looking to go start creating, the delivery is the number one thing. That's why I really think podcasts for most people right off the bat are the easiest because you don't have to be camera shy and it allows you to find your voice. Because when we talk the mediums of media, even video, a third of that is visual, a third or half is visual, half is audio, but it's, it's essentially coming out to, you need to practice hearing your voice out in public and speaking your speak. Like, like I, I really like rap culture. Like I watch every documentary that there, there ever is on hip hop artists and, and any comedians as well. Cause I think of them as the best monologuers ever comedians and rappers, the best monologuers ever. I even started that new segment talking with myself and I did it solely, Sean. If anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, it's a segment where I set up three cameras and I have a stand and a mic and I set it up as if I am delivering a keynote. There's enough content out there of me speaking to groups now that if I set up a camera and I shoot it from a right angle, people think I'm speaking to a group of a thousand people and there's nobody there. And I do it from very crazy places. I've done it in the gym, on the roof of a building. I've shot three of them like in a park or in the middle of the city in Charlotte. And it's me talking to myself, but I'm delivering a monologue with a mic because I want to have a better Rolodex for public speaking. I could show people what it would look like. This is what it looks like, guys, when I speak to nobody. Imagine if you put fucking 10,000 people in front of me, I'll blow the goddamn roof off. So I started creating that content because, again, your your mannerisms and what you do on camera, like I talk with my hands a lot, this, that, and the other thing, you have to hammer those things down. I think the podcast is the best way to do it, to start off with, to be honest. Yeah, I think we're like 130, 140 episodes in at this point, and I got a new microphone like two weeks ago. The first new microphone. Yeah. And I don't even know if I'm using it right. People ask me all the time, like, what do you use to record your podcast? I'm like, the podcast you hear that I'm not interviewing somebody is literally my phone with a lav mic attached to it, and I do it on my drive home. That's it. I literally record. That's why it's short form. It's seven to 12 minutes because that's my ride home. But that's how I record a podcast in the car. Mm-hmm. No fucking fancy equipment. Right. It's, it's, it's because, wild. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. okay. So step one, start producing content. But I think a lot of people are like, well, I have something to say, but I feel like a lot of other people are saying it. Correct. Which is, which is great. Cause if a lot of other people are saying it, that means there's other people willing to listen to it. And here's the reason. The reason I think Sean does very well as, um, again, like, you know, after Kelly Starrett, there was a lot of guys that are trying to do what you've done. And what Sean's done is absolutely incredible as far as creating not only a company, but a personal brand like, like in unison. And especially after the fucking, the unfortunate instance that happened with the, the hurricane and the devastation that happened to your first business, which was a CrossFit gym. Like a lot of guys would just packed up shop and gone and work somewhere. So I, you know, obviously a ton of love for Sean professionally and personally and all that. But when I look at like this, like, well, a lot of people are doing it. You just have to have a different delivery. The reason what the fuck gym talk is so, I think, again, why it's gotten such good attraction in such a short period of time, and I haven't won the CrossFit Games, and I haven't written the best-selling book or whatever the fuck fitness books that Cooper writes, and I haven't done all these things, is because my delivery 
is different. Now, I'm not telling you to go out there and swear and fucking act all Cleveland and fucking like you got a chip on your shoulder and all this shit. What I am telling you, though, is, yes, assess the situation. A lot of people are saying the same things. Look at how they're saying it. Nobody in my line of work was vlogging. That's why I started vlogging. Nobody in my line of work was taking, making video content where I went to random people's Facebook pages and ripping them apart and doing like, what the fuck? Why do you have this picture here? This, then nobody was doing that. Nobody was doing reaction videos to cringy Facebook ads. Like nobody was doing that. So I'm like, great, here's my area to slip in. This becomes my niche. I'm the aggressive, loudmouth, vulgar business guy in the micro gym scene. And that's all you need is a niche, guys. You just need a fucking opening, just a gap. But the, the amount of people talking the same talk doesn't matter. It does your sound different. Well, I think that the interesting thing about what you just said there is a lot of people who would watch your stuff who were like, if, if you brought a consultant in who didn't know anything about the amount of traction that you had and you had them look at your stuff and say, Stu's oh. looking for help improving, what would you tell him to do? They'd be like, he's got to tone down the cursing. Yeah. He can't be so in your face. You know, all of it, his footage is a little bit rough. Let's clean it up and make it really nice. When the reality is those are exactly the things that draw the people who are drawn to you to you. And those sure. who are like, yeah, I'd rather him not curse so much. It's a little bit offensive. Cool. I don't mean to offend you, but we're probably not going to work well as client and customer anyway, because I curse in my sure. regular life. Yeah. And it's just, and it's one of these things too. I think the reason finding your voice too, and I think a reason I can get away with swearing or Sean can is because at the end of the day, the, the actual content is the word fuck or whatever, but the context is very genuine, very empathetic. And people can tell in the tone of my voice, even on a podcast where I go fucking ape shit on some topic and I'm sounding very aggressive there's still a very underlying tone of that. I do truly care and I want to help and the reputation. Like I, there's nobody who like who comments or DMS me that I probably don't call on the Facebook Mark Zuckerberg phone with a fucking message, like an audio message, like, Hey, thanks for commenting on that video. I hope it helped. Like I add, I had, I, I try to scale the unscalable there. Right. Cause I'm a one man show. It's, um, it, it, yeah, I think you have to give the context that with the sound of your voice, if you're going to come off aggressive. And if you're not, if you're going to have more of a, a basic, very nice, clean delivery, like what Chris Cooper has, and it fucking works phenomenal for him. And even Jason, like Kalipa, and I've got to spend some really quality time with Jason. Jason probably swears as much as I do. He just doesn't do it. That's just not part of his brand mm-hmm. in all reality. No, I, I hear you. I've, I've never spent time with Jason Kalipa or with Chris Cooper, so I can't speak to that uh that that I don't think I'm going to get an opportunity to spend time with Chris Cooper anytime soon. But I, would do, I, do, I don't. I, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think if you ask him nine times, he's going to say no four out of the nine easily. Yeah, I'm over for 1. But anyway, someone's trying to build their brand. They get their voice. They now have their, their iPhone. They're going to film. They're going to create a podcast. They're going to do all this kind of stuff. And now they've been doing it for four months and fucking nobody's watching. They look at their YouTube and they're like four views. Ugh. They look, they log into the Libsyn or their Wooshka and they're like nine downloads. How many times my mom download that? And my yeah, sister, exactly. Yeah. Right. And so yep. at what point does somebody need to say, okay, what I'm doing is not working. I need to pivot versus what I'm doing needs to continue to get better. And I haven't been doing it long enough. Correct. So this is a statement that like, uh, for, I don't even know, a lot of people are going to like this. I believe at a certain point, if you are putting it out, what you need to accept is currently either what you had to say, the first thing I recommend you need to have something to say is not 
is not big enough. It's not relative enough to the people who are engaging with it. So there, there's that could be that. You got to look at that. Is that the problem? How you're saying it, your delivery, whether it's educational, entertaining, is not educational enough or not entertaining enough for someone to see it value in it. But then it's your distribution. You got to hack. I hacked CrossFit Facebook affiliate groups. I was a member of 36 different CrossFit affiliate owners Facebook groups in different countries, South Africa, France, you know, New England, Cleveland, everything. And I would distribute my videos in there, but I never had a call to action. I never asked anyone for a thing. I never tried to sell myself. Never did. And you still to this day, minus the micro gym university or a self-made summit or a PT first, I will never ask for a dollar in any of my content. Well, it's funny. I don't know. Cause I, I got kicked out of the group that you're still in and you got kicked out of the group that I'm still in. I'm still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, John, a couple of the guys, uh, John Manzer, who's the fuck, who's some of the other guys that did not like me in another group anyway, but it's one of these things now where I got kicked out of them, but I was there long enough to get a little bit of a reputation, but it's distribution for any of you guys looking to make that, um, that content switch to a personal brand. You have to think, where are those people? So I have a guy right now that I'm talking with who's a real estate agent. He wants to become you know, personal branding and real estate. And here's the thing with a personal brand. Most people want to do it and then help other people, right? Like that's the goal is to help them. Let's just, but for the real estate guy, my thing was, well, cool. Like how long have you been doing real estate? He's like, oh, I just got into two years ago. I'm like, how's it going? And he's like, eh, you know, he hasn't really built that business with the reputation. Do you think what the fuck Jim Talk would have been as successful if I didn't have the backup of I built CrossFit South End and then I bought this building and I have, I am a a rebranded gym going through that journey. I would have less to stand on. I will say for any of you guys who want to give personal brand advice in a realm, you better be able to stand on a little bit of a resume. And some of you guys in very like uh, what I call like the cloud space, like personal development, self, self help talk, um, motivation, like that, that stuff where there's not really a resume, then yeah, then your fucking delivery and what you have to say is everything that you, if you're gonna be Tony Robbins and even if Tony Robbins didn't have the business success he had, you better you, but you delivered like Tony Robbins, you could sell anyone, anything. It doesn't matter. Just some of you guys, I, I again, I hear this in the gym space and I, you know, we, I was talking with Sean about a, a female that I'm working with right now. I'm very excited about Nicole race who Sean's had on the podcast and a, a brilliant woman. She has something to say, and my job is to help come up with a way that's entertaining and educational for her to execute against, Yeah. right? But she's also got the background of the business, and she has all this experience, and she can stand on a resume of like, look, I, this is what I did. I'm not talking shit. It's not, like, how many business owners, or I'm sorry, business fitness consulting guys out there, you're like, where's your gym? Oh, well, yeah, I sold it, sold a couple of years ago. I'm like, but it was doing really good, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Why'd you sell it? Like last time I checked, these are cash flow assets. Like you walk away and they still pay you. At least that's how I've always enjoyed it. What what was wrong with yours that you had to sell it? Did someone come and offer you a million dollars for it? They did not. Someone probably bought it for like two hundred thousand. And I sit there and I'm like, if anyone sells their gym for two hundred thousand dollars, they were not in a good place with their gym financially. Mm-hmm. I, I I can speak to the other side of that because I got out of my clinic and I got out of my gym for the opportunity to pursue my online business, and it just. I didn't love being a gym owner. Yeah. That was the biggest thing. It, 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 by no means was it a wildly profitable company. I wasn't killing it. And I wasn't killing it because I didn't love it. I knew what I needed to do. I didn't want to do it and I didn't like it. Yeah. I, and that is, that's the thing. Your core values and your core focus and what you wanted out of a business completely changed. You're, you're savvy enough to know, and just like as you and me have talked, like this online thing and not having a brick and mortar is really fucking nice. And, you know, it's what I think about it all the time. I designed Urban Movement 
to lease it, to lease it to a restaurant or a brewery or something in that hospitality like department. I literally created the design of it to fuck with as little as possible so that somebody could come in and take it. And if I did do that, I could lease it out at about $43,000 a month right now. And that, I mean, I could just chill and keep making videos and I could probably get away with that reputation for a while. But in the meantime, I still like doing what I'm doing. And well, that's the plan. So, so Stu's talking about the, the physical building that he took over. And, and what, I want, what I want to go back to also is what I was just describing, me not loving running a gym, me not loving being the owner of a gym and the job that came with it. That's why when people come to active life and they're like, hey, can you help me make my gym better? I ask them, do you want to do this in your gym? Do you want to assess clients, yeah. create solutions for their problems and get them to send their friends? No, we just want better gym systems. I'm like, I'm the wrong guy for you. And then 100%. I connect them to you. I connect them to MadLab. I connect them to whoever I think they would jive with best. Yeah. But yeah, so I think I think, I think think it's very alluring in an Instagram world right now to like you because a lot of people, here's the thing too, is what you end up having is envy. We like, and I'm, I'm going to talk very broadly about people. I think we have a little bit of, um, of jealousy from attention. Attention is the currency of our state. Celebrity status is the currency right now. It's what everybody to a degree, unless you're an introvert, um, for the most part, you want some level. If you're a gym owner, you want some celebrity status of your business in your area, right? That way you don't have to fucking pay for as many leads because they come in naturally because you're played off brand. And I think we all see like, man, I watch fucking Sean's videos all day. I would love to have his job. Now again, they don't realize how much work you and me put into videos. And I've seen, like, I love the content of you walk around New York city, not giving a fuck talking into the camera and you did your challenge, challenging people to go around. Like I'm just so much on Sean shit. I'm fucking, I'm such a lurking top fan. It's, it's <laughs> right. Thanks. But it's, it's feel free to it's, comment. You can comment. You I will. Have to I, will I will. I'm, I'm, I'm moving too fast. I got to zoom in. I'm like, yeah, I'll, t- I'll text him later. Fucking well, my whole, job, my whole job is to stop the scroll. Right. I know, I know. And it's just one of these things though, but like how much work goes into it. But I think people look on the front side of that, like, fuck man, I, I want that. I think I could help people too. How do I get people to care about what it is I have to say? And there's, there's a big gap there, guys. Like, again, you have to have built the business and what you want to help with, right? If it's, we're talking business-based stuff and you, you have to then realize what is it your thesis? Everyone who's like a Gary Vee fan, Right. And I use him. I use him as an example. I'm not, I, w- I wouldn't call myself a big Gary Vee fan. I like his delivery style. I resonate with it, obviously. Um, but he has some theses that I've heard consistently over time that people utilize. And, you know, there are things like, um, whatever, what's one of them? Like content is king, but context is that like, whatever his, like the things he says, typically, those are like some paradigms and theses you have to, you have to own. Right. So like one thing I've been on for a while is PT first. Another thing I'm on is content creation. Another thing I'm on is branding over marketing. Like there are things you could kind of summarize all my content into a couple buckets of thought processes. And Sean's is the same way. You know, one of the buckets, you know, right now is Sean is talking, trying to educate people on trainer compensation models versus just people lofting it up to a layup of a four nines. And it's actually a little bit more of an in-depth conversation than just a simple, you know, a a fraction equation. That's indentured servitude. Yeah. And it just, it becomes this thing now that like, you have to have something to say and it has to like, and I think a lot of people think they have something to say, but write it down, read it back to yourself. And, and I think you'll start kind of self auditing yourself. Like, ah, like, again, go back to one of my, my initial videos that I, I started making was, Hey, listen, here's, here's how I would recommend any of you guys, like, don't start a boot camp. I literally talked to, I made videos back in the day. Of, don't do a boot camp. 
I don't recommend you add a boot camp to your CrossFit gym. You are only doing it because you think it's going to bring in people that don't want to do CrossFit. You're only doing it because your CrossFit isn't doing really well. And now you're trying to be a Swiss Army knife before you were a really good pocket knife. And I made that video when there was a ton of videos out there all talking about how to get started with a boot camp. But that was a thesis. That's something I truly believed in. And I was able to like bucket content into that. So I had something to say. And then it's just the delivery style has to be entertaining and educational. I recommend anyone who's listening that wants to do personal branding, find the guys that you like, Sean, myself. Again, these could be comedians. These could be art, music artists. They could be uh, news anchors. They could be anyone who publicly speaks. And publicly is still Instagram and social media and Facebook. That is public mm-hmm. speaking, kids. Um, and find them someone who's got a flow you like and do nothing but listen to it on repeat, audio sense, video, whatever and then start spitting your spit and you'll pick up on some of their mannerisms, but you'll quickly be able to morph those into your own. Like there is so much stuff of mine that I feel is very George Carlin ass. Cause I grew up on George Carlin, the comedian. I fucking, I wanted to be a standup comedian because of that man. You know what? And, I also uh, think, I, I also think that, um, and I love George Carlin too. The four letter words, you're not allowed to say it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that a lot of people who are looking to put together their own content, they fear being themselves on their own content. And so they think that they need to be like somebody else. I love the idea of listening to what other people are doing, taking from it what you like and using that kind of stuff. I just recently, we're starting something soon. It might even be out by now when this podcast comes out called Metaphor Mondays, where I'm taking complex topics and boiling them down to metaphors that people can understand, doing things like going to Home Depot and buying equipment and then demonstrating how a soda can represents your abdominal, you know, your core yeah, and bracing. So s- simple stuff like that. But I, I talk to clients of mine and I'm like, you know that the way that you want to say something and the thing that you want to say that you're like, I can't say it like that to those people about that thing because it's going to upset somebody. They're like, yeah, I'm like, fucking say that every time. Um, Ty Lopez Right. Ty Lopez, if any of you guys who know him, he's like one of these guys. He's like the, Alex yeah. Ramosi is the Ty Lopez of fitness is the way my branding coach always puts it. But Ty Lopez is one of these guys where 50% of the popularity he has is hatred is people who don't like him. And I will tell you guys, if you're saying something that everybody likes, which is one of the faults, I think of a lot of the other guys in my space, not a, like a bad fault, but when I think from branding perspective, I always believe you have to identify your pagans and haters, people who are not going to align themselves with your brand that are going to dislike you right? Yankees and Mets, fucking Pittsburgh Steelers and Browns, Stu and fucking Coop, whatever it may be. Like you're going to like, if you really, really, really like Coop stuff, you probably don't like mine and vice versa. That's just fucking out there. Cause our delivery styles are so much different. I only use him because he's an iconic figure and I have nothing but respect for the dude in the space. Um, that I just use him as a, as a figurehead in this, but that, that is it, man. But going to Sean's thing, like watching other people's and taking like their idea and running it through your own branding machine, I mean, going back to the four letter words, I mean, I literally shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, shit, tits, fart, turd, and twat. That is the line from George Carlin. That is it. That is it. Those are the words that George Carlin had a skit called the the, the four letter words you can't say. And I like, it was exactly that. And that's still, I mean, like I watched that when I was 13 and that's still in my brain at 33 years old. Like you guys don't realize how much delivery has been influenced by your grandmother by, mm-hmm. by people you grew up watching and stuff like that. I think a lot of you guys who are scared to deliver your content just haven't heard it out loud enough. Like you haven't listened to your voice and give it to a small select group of people who are going to tell you the honest to God truth. When I'm doing brand design with somebody, I have them send me all their content first. 
because I can put myself in a position of, of, of less bias and more of a vanilla like gym owner and listen to it. Cause guess what? I am a gym owner and I can listen to it for the gym owner, uh, personal brand clients I have. And I can tell you, this is what I think of it. This is how I think it will be perceived. I think you need to think about taking a different angle here because it sounds too much what everyone else is saying. Or I think your angle here is too polarizing. You use the word gay. You're going to get a lot of fucking hate by using the word gay. Like, I mean, like it, that is the kind of conversations I have with people, but you need someone trusted to get, if you're nervous, if you're like me and Sean last night, I mean, I doubt Sean fucking, I didn't, I didn't run my content past anybody when I first started publishing. I said, fuck it. There are some people that got it like that. And if you don't though, you need to find someone you trust and a group of people to start spitting your content to first, get some feedback, but don't let it stop you from hitting that upload build button. But do use it as someone reviewing your rough draft if it doesn't come naturally to you like it might somebody else. All right. I got two more questions for you. First question. What do you say to somebody? I actually have somebody very specific in mind for this. What do you say to somebody who is frustrated that their gym business hasn't grown despite the fact that they have a phenomenal product? And I happen to know in this case, they have a phenomenal product. And people are reaching out to this person for help with things that he would be great at, but he feels like a fraud because his gym isn't doing what he wants his gym to do. And he feels like that's where he should be focused. How would you advise that guy? Yeah. I mean, if the gym's not performing metric wise, let's call it financially metric wise the way he wants, the second he steps out even a little bit more to start to doing how much effort he would have to do to developing a personal brand and helping these other gyms, his shit will slip back down the slope. And it will not be long before they're going to go ahead and, and someone's going to, it's, he's going to have to walk away from helping people have to go back and, and bury his shit out of the, out of the, the ditch. Um, but we, I know you talk a lot about imposter syndrome. Um, I know you were on a podcast recently I listened to where you talked about this. I, I think some people f- fall in that imposter syndrome thing when it's still okay for you to talk about it. Here's the thing. I am doing a rebranding summit, Sean. I'm doing an entire one on rebranding, but I'm still in the, I'm like in the infancy stages. I'm only like, I'm less than three years into a rebranding. What the fuck do I think I know? But that's why I brought in metabolic and alchemy 365. And I brought in the guys that have done it better and longer than I have. Because even me, I can sit here and give anyone rebranding advice because they're at day zero Mm -hmm. and I'm going on day fucking 1000. So I have some advice to give you. And then when I run out of my fucking advice, when I get you up to where I am, I'll be three, four years ahead of the road and I'll have the next playbook written out. One chapter ahead of your students. One chapter out of students, fucking Frank Abagnale, baby. I love it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's that kind of a thing. I think that imposter syndrome and all that. For any of you guys who want to help people, great. But please do not leave your current ship, you know, and don't leave it to don't leave it to sink if you haven't really put another captain in place that can run it just like you. And that's that's the big. That's the only reason I'm standing here today because I have Isaac. Do I talk about it? She's a character in my content. She is my GM, my fucking rock over there. Um, and Deuce, who is, you know, our, our fucking stud, our top acquisition in the past two years. And the two of them um, enable me to do this. If they both died today, you wouldn't see another new G- what the fuck gym talk vlog. Not for a while. Not till I figured it out and got new staff in there because I'd be back in there. Get but a I'm bubble wrapped. T- yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm only two people away, really, from having to be back in. That's not a huge buffer. It's right. really not. But also I'll tell you this right now, you just can't like finding good people is very difficult. And when I find the next deuce and the next Isaac, I will be three people away, but I just haven't found that person yet. I get so, it. Yeah. so, so 
Final question that I really want to hear from you is, I happen to believe strongly enough in the stuff that you talk about that we've done a workshop together. I mean, we, yeah. we did a PT first workshop together sure and it was did. successful. It was fun. The self-made summit that you're doing in October, what's the date on that again? <laughs> October 19th and 20th, but then on the 18th, it's an unofficial part of the summit, but I do want to make sure to talk about it. It's a, it's a bar, it's a bar crawl, but for micro gyms, I'm in a market that has a Barry's camp, an orange theory, a metabolic an F45, uh, and eat the frog and an iron tribe all on the same street. So I'm going to have gym owners come down the Friday ahead of time. And we're all literally going to, I got the schedules and we're all going to go take classes and do a little bar crawl, micro gym bar crawl, taking different classes. Cause I know a lot of gym owners haven't seen these bigger players in their markets. Everyone's aware of orange theory. Very few have gone to a class and very few have ever gone with a class and then sat down with guys like me or Mike Jones at Alchemy or whatever and talked about, Hey, I really like how they did their client experience that way, man, how can I steal something from that and make it my own? So that is the 18th, but the, the actual self-made summit is the 19th and 20th. So they're going to work out five times that day? No, I'm going to tell people to pick their top two to three. Okay. I'm going to tell pick them up. There's they're, they got probably up to six or seven options to really look at, depending on what, like to what they're looking to see. And if people, I've had a lot of people like, I don't know which ones to look at. And I've given them recommendations based on where they are and where they want to go with their, with their brand. Um, but I, I'm recommending two to three, who the fuck wants to work out more than once a day, but Not like me. for the purposes of R and D and research, then yeah, we can maybe get two to three workouts. In. Okay. So I imagine that there are people who are, who've seen this, who are on the fence. They're like, Oh, maybe I'll go. Maybe I won't go. If you could give them kind of like a, a line, if you're on this side of the line, you should be there. If you're on this side of the line, it's not for you yet. Where does that line live? If you wake up to go into your gym and you look around at the way it looks, um, not only physically, like in the actual moment, but in social media, digitally, it's digital presence, um, the way it behaves and operates. And you look at it and you're like, this isn't what I had in mind, but I'm not sure exactly what I, what that is. You need to come to the self-made summit. And the reason being, isn't that I got a, a folder for you, like ready to go and hand you like, this is what you had in mind, Johnny, come and grab that. What it's going to be though, is you're going to be talking with not only all the other attendees that are in a very similar situation to talk and bounce ideas off of, but you're going to be able to sit literally with Brandon and Kirk, the founders of Metabolic, the guys who were in the same position as you, and then they finally came into their own self-made fucking brand and identity, and they ran with it. And they're going to be able to tell you some of the pitfalls they had and some of the, like, the days where they're like, shit, am I doing this right? Should I be getting rid of this CrossFit thing? And how they were able to like persevere and see that each little win showed them they were going in the right direction. So if you were, th- you wake up and you look around your gym, you're like, this is just not what I, what I want this thing to be. Maybe it was four or five years ago, but now it's just not, but I don't have it figured out as to what I want it to be from a brand standpoint. This is, and I will boldly say this, the only fucking summit that has ever existed like this on this rebranding for a micro gym type scenario. And it will probably be one of the only ones that will happen because too many of the other guys out there are too tied to CrossFit HQ or whatever it may be to ever be able to put something on like this. The shit I've gotten, and I have no ties to CrossFit HQ, right? And like people giving me shit for doing this. Um, I would tell you, this is uh, I, I'm not doing, this is not an annual thing for me. So if you're going to come for 600 fucking dollars, show up, you get to spend an entire Friday doing the micro gym bar crawl with people and learn. It's it just, it's not even a money thing. But if you think of that, like, I just don't like the brand I have right now. 
There's nowhere else to be October 19th and 20th. And if you tell me you're doing the fucking open and you can't leave because of your Friday night lights, go fish yourself. You're not allowed to come. <laughs> Oh shit! Go fist yourself. So, <laughs> how do I follow that up? <laughs> so this is not an annual thing. I don't. I don't. I'm not an event planner. I literally. So what this was is again. Here, let's go to personal branding. I invited. I've done 240 some podcasts now, and out of my 240, uh, there are 10 people, 10 companies that I had on for free, and I had a decent sized audience even when I had some of these guys on, and and I never charged. I never tried to monetize my podcast or anything like that. I just wanted to have conversations. And then those guys, we started good business relationships, like, you know, getting invited to fly out to Minneapolis and have lunch with Mike Jones and his wife and tour his spaces and coffee with Brandon Cullen and the founders here at Metabolic and Steve Pinkerton, who sent me a fucking one of the nicest gifts I ever got. Like when I moved into my facility, because he knows the hardships because he built a three million dollar fucking facility. I've got like to network with these guys. And I just called in a favor and said, hey. I know we've kind of, we've, you know, worked together in the past stuff. Would you please come speak at this thing? I'm going to pay you for your time, but I, I'm, this is a one-time thing. I'm not, this is just me and a bunch of guys that I look up to. And I think as colleagues and friends in this industry, and I'm just inviting a bunch of fucking strangers to come and benefit off hanging around all of us for two days. Badass. All right. Stu Brower, where can people find you? Uh, everywhere, everywhere that everywhere search WTF gym talk and you will probably find it. But the, I tell people, they're like, I get people like, man, great video on Facebook. Everything on Facebook kids is old. They're reruns. Everything new goes to YouTube and the podcast. So like, again, depending on where you're at on your WTF gym talk, binging journey, um, all the new shit is on YouTube. All the old shit is on Facebook and, uh, and I'll let everyone know probably when I switch that up, but it's fun to move your content around to different platforms and see if you can move followers. And if people f- watch different channels, essentially is, is what anyone who gets into this personal branding design game has to learn how to leverage. How do you leverage this particular platform? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's, that's that man, but WTF gym talk anywhere. No one stole that one. There's nobody else had that weird. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted it. Stu, it's been a pleasure. Always my man. Always. Right. We'll talk again soon. Always. Thank you. What's up everybody. It's Dr. Sean again, and I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I got a favor to ask you. Head to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to leave us a five-star rating. Also, while you're there, drop a little review. Tell people what you liked about the show. And of course, share it with the three friends who you think would find the most benefit from this episode. Till next time, turn pro.